our four ladies up here, if you would please come. They're, they're <laughs> we have Miss Marilyn. Come on, grab a seat wherever you want to sit. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know whose stuff that is. So. <laughs> and then if you guys want to turn on your mics. Oh, I have yours, Lauren. And then we have Lauren, and we have Miss Elaine, and we have Shelby. And Shelby's going to be kind of our ring later because she's on my team, and she knows how to do that stuff. Um, so if you want to start too, Shelby, does that work for you? Sure. Okay. I'll totally start. All right. I told Here. you I should have worn the big girl heels tonight. I, Gosh, dang it. And if you, if you don't want to, well, but normally when I'm up here, we got a couch and my feet dangle when I do this. Thing. So I had really pretty, like, tall heels. And, you know, they say if you wear pointy shoes, it makes your legs look longer. That was my thinking. And then I forgot to put them on. So here we are. Short legs and all. <laughs> a little icebreaker. Yeah, just make fun of myself. It's cool. <laughs> well, thank you, ladies, so much for being here, and thank you, ladies, for being vulnerable and willing to get up here and share your stories with us. Um, so I'm Shelby. Uh, I guess I'm starting. Foxy. <laughs> um, so, little background: how my husband and I came to be here at N3C um, in. Early 2012, my husband and I were um, actively attending another church. We had been going to that church since before we were married. Um, married in that church, baptized, had our first child there. Um, but it was kind of our milk church. Like, if anybody knows what that term means. Um, in Corinthians, Paul talks to the Corinthians about only teaching them with, like, beginner teachings that they were still in their infancy in their faith and they could only handle milk they couldn't yet handle solid food so that church I kind of think of it as our milk church um, now um, totally honor them love them it was absolutely what we needed in that time of our lives um, built a great foundation for us um, early on in our marriage but there still comes a time as as all things do where you kind of outgrow things um, and we were really needing needing to be fed more. Um, and so that got me um, searching for something else. And I had a couple of girlfriends who were coming here to N3C to what was then our, was our women's nights, but they were called Pro 31 back then. Um, and then that evolved into B and... Um, Hell and now every C women. So it's been called different things over the years, but it's always been, you know, just a solid group of awesome ladies to be around. So I got invited to um, some of the Pro 31 nights. And boy, let me tell you, like, when you, when you've never heard a woman pastor speak, the Pastor Lynette was the first woman who I'd ever heard preach God's word and boy like I don't hear it as much now but when she would get going she got that southern drawl and she gets fired up and she like she just had me hooked I mean and we had some really powerful um nights here at the church for our women's nights and got introduced to Holy Spirit that was something that was totally missing from our other church and yeah Pastor Lynette just 
got me hooked. I, I needed that other half of Holy Spirit that is in a woman that I had never experienced before. You know, in, in the other church that I went to, women could pray. They could lead a women's Bible study. They could work in kids' church. They could, um, you know, lead worship or chaperone a, you know, the kids' groups somewhere. But there was no women speaking from the pulpit, and I definitely, definitely needed that. Um, her power, her authority, her strength, her beauty, her honor that she has for Pastor Darren, all of those things that, that, uh, that I learned in that time, what it was to be that pro-31 woman, that was Pastor Lynette for me. So that totally had me hook, line, and sinker. Um, it took my husband a little bit longer to come with me. Um, I, he was working in North Dakota. It was just me and the baby. So we would come on Sundays, and honestly, we did double duty for a couple years there where we would go to that other church one night, and then we would be here on Sundays, you know, still faithfully serving. But... <laughs> You know, talk about milk church. Well, Pastor Lynette and like the women's nights for me, I was laughing when I was thinking about it earlier. So, you know, when a baby has their first birthday and they do the cake smash and like they've never tasted frosting, so they're not really sure about it. So, you get little nibbles here and there. And then before you know it, the kid has like shoveling fistfuls of cake and frosting. Like that was me. I was shoveling, like I needed to be here. Um, you know, I still went back and got my glass of milk from the other church to wash it all down with now and then. Um, but it was, yeah, that was what I needed. And then to come regularly, like I was sucked in by the worship here. We had lost our worship team at that other church, and so worship was something that really spoke to my spirit. And um, Pastor Mark was still leading worship back then. Y'all, it was like going to a Garth Brooks concert every week, but it was for God, and it was awesome. And, like, then you come and <laughs> – so, again, God's funny. So, has anybody ever seen the video of the little baby the first time you ever taste bacon? And he's like, oh, mm, bacon, and his eyes, like, roll. That was like, like – I needed meteor teaching. I needed something to chew on. So that was Pastor Darren's teachings for me. It was those meaty teachings where he just he digs into the word and he gets to the root of things and the you know, when he goes back and he translates like the Greek and the Hebrew and like the emotion in that language that doesn't quite come across in English. I was like, Oh my gosh, like bacon. Like, where has this word been my entire life? Like, I needed this. Oh, my gosh. Oh, that was a good word. You know, like, that's that bacon. <laughs> that needy teaching that I needed, and I continue to just be fed all the time in this church by all of our pastors' teachings, by our worship. Like, Kirstie, girl. Like, <laughs> you bring it for worship every week, and just God just wrecks me in this place in the best way possible, and I... Can't imagine ever being anywhere else, and I continue to grow and be challenged. And it's just, I'm just so, so thankful to be here. I'm, I'm sure everybody's kind of on the same page with that. Like, I can't imagine being anywhere else, growing up anywhere else. So just keep, uh, you know, I can feed myself a little bit now. I've moved on beyond <laughs> milk. Learn to, learn to give. Yeah, beyond bacon, yeah. Learn to dish out and serve other folks and, you know, give 
give the word out in small bites that other people maybe aren't quite ready for yet because, you know, we're all on our own walk. We're all, some of us are still in the milk stage. Some of us are bacon. Some of us are cake. <laughs> small bites, baby food here and there. Um, so, yeah, I just honor everybody where you're at, no matter, no matter where you're at. We're just thankful for you all being here. So. Bacon. Bacon. <laughs> mm, bacon. <laughs> So yeah, with that, and Elaine, you kind of, this was kind of your heart to to share your story and how you came to be here at N3C. So yeah. I guess I'll hand it off to you now. God asked me to do, to pass this on to Candace, and I did not expect to be up here. <laughs> so bear with me. I'm better one-on-one, as I was saying with someone earlier. I'm better one-on-one than I am in a crowd, so please smile. <laughs> Encourage me. So um, Candace did ask me to really give a little background again how I came here. Um, my story is that um, I had uh, someone that I had met through a veterans organization. Um, she did a coat and um, um, sleeping bag collection here. And um, through crossing over each other, um, I came to find her because I wanted to keep that connection with her. And um, one of my neighbors, Amy Shields, is also a member of the church, and she kept inviting me to come. And, yeah, you know, I was a floater. I didn't have any place that I belonged. So I came on occasion. um, And then my husband passed away very suddenly. And... This is where I came, and I tell people that this was a good place to land. It truly is, because I felt welcomed, even though I I was sheltering myself. I had my walls up um, at one of the services. I'm going to read you something that someone gave to me, because I was crushed, I was broken, and I was deeply, I was crying deeply. Let me just read this to you. Break down the walls you have put up and let me in. Trust me, forgive yourself so we can move forward together. I already forgive you and I love you. Jeremiah 20, 29, 11. Yes, it is good. It is good. It was just like a door was open to me. And um, so I, I slowly, I started coming. And I came pretty regularly. I got... Um, I haven't really been to too many women's nights. Um, Typically, it's because I'm still working. I'm a realtor, and sometimes when you make plans, inevitably somebody changes it for you. So (laughs) just to let you know. So as far as my my history with my husband, um, we actually have lived all over the country. Um, I left Minnesota, wild child, on my own, went to Idaho, and I truly believe God only met me to meet Ty and leave because I didn't really enjoy Idaho. <laughs> we came to Colorado. We left Colorado. We went back home to my home state. And um, Austin was born there. And then we went to Hawaii. And from Hawaii, we came back here. But we didn't come back here together. Unfortunately, um, my husband strayed. And it was with someone that I thought was my best friend. And so I came back here alone with Austin. About six months later, Ty came back, and we did work things out. And 
surprise, Desiree was born. <laughs> she was our little gift, get-together gift. Uh, so uh, little Desiree is now 23, just out of the Navy, so she's not so little anymore. <laughs> but um, then uh, we have traveled and lived all over Colorado. I'm from Pueblo, uh, Colorado Springs, Leadville. Desiree was actually born at home on uh, Buffalo Mountain, which is just above Silverthorne. Um, and then eventually we re- ended up in uh, Fort Collins. And then our accountant said, hey, you either have another baby or buy a house. And we went, oh, well, we'll buy a house. <laughs> so, he, so we ended up in Eaton. That's, that's where we bought our home. And um, so um, with God's grace and God's love, he has kept me working. And I'm able to keep my mortgage paid. Amen to that. Yes, yes. Because every time I think, oh, my God, I'm in trouble, he always sends me somebody that needs my help. And I truly love, love what I'm doing. In fact, Ty once said to me, why do, you, why do you like this? Why do you do real estate? And I said, because I love helping people. And he said, you're in it for the wrong reason. I went, no, I'm not. <laughs> he, was, he was very um, driven by money. Um, and I just said to him, no, I'm not, because... If I take care of them, they'll take care of me. And that is so true. If you take care of the people around you, they will take care of you. Um, Let me see. Um, Talking about how I got here and how I came to stay here, I have to agree that um, Lynette said something one time that I, I, seriously, you know how you sit and you kind of, fiddle and you're not you're listening but you're not and then she said something and it was just like a hammer over my head and I went oh my god because she was speaking directly to to me and I don't know if that happens to you that you can be in this church with all these people around you and suddenly something is said by either one of them quite frankly and suddenly you're just like everybody else is gone you're the only one in the room and that is so wonderful Um, I truly believe that if you're silent long enough, (laughs) God will speak to you, and sometimes he'll use the people around you to tell you what you need to hear. And that includes a conversation that really you're not a part of. But they're saying something that really is striking. So don't be afraid to just be quiet for just a little bit. Um, There's something else that I wanted to read also. Um, (laughs) With this mug exchange, this is interesting that um, I opened my envelope just a few days ago, and the mug I bought is not the mug I brought. The mug I bought, I don't know if you saw the post that I, that I had put up. They were generous enough to push it on to help um, Janet with her shop. I kept the mug because I intend to give it to someone who really, really, truly needs us, needs our blessing. Um, she's a veteran. And what the word said on the little paper was, God is your refuge and your strength. And on the mug, it said, God is my strength. What are the odds that I would buy that mug with the saying in that envelope? I, I did not see the, the um, saying before or the um, psalm before. God is within you. You will not fail. He will help you at the break of dawn. The Lord is with you. He will make your war stop. That's Psalms 46. And honestly, that really 
affected me. I knew I wanted to pass it on to her, but it was really, that word was really meant for me because every time I feel like I'm failing, I'm not succeeding. And I've been in real estate for 16 years. I'm heading on my 17th year. So it's not like if you're not going to make it, you're not going to make it early. (laughs) Trust me, this is not, not a really easy business to be in, but I thoroughly enjoy it for everything that it gives me. Um, Regarding what Lynette had said to me, um, I'm involved with veterans. I um, am a a board member of Patriot Anglers. We help veterans that are dealing with PTSD. Sorry, I get a little emotional. Um, They're a great group of people that have looked after us and taken care of us, and this is my way of helping them. My family is a third-generation Navy. My father-in-law, husband, and daughter, Navy. Um, my son-in-law is also Navy. <laughs> I guess my daughter took the same thing, same step I took when I met my husband. I was the night hostess and he was the night cook. And well, after 11 o'clock, what he got to do but talk, right? <laughs> well, she was on a ship that wasn't quite ready to go. Um, the Gerald Ford is, is currently first of class, meaning that it's the first one ever built. So they have a lot of things they have to go through and, and recalibrate calibrate and do all kinds of things to it. So anyway, they met on the ship. She got kicked off because the husband and wives can't be on the same ship together. So um, he's still on it, and he's out to sea, as a matter of fact, now, as we're speaking, um, doing what he needs to do. So as I was getting to, yeah, she kind of followed her mom's steps. (laughs) What else do you have to do when you're working and don't have anything to do? (laughs) So... Um, as far as what Lynette had said to me, she had said, um, it was when we had that big, uh, it was the, the yard sale or the, the, um, we had it out in the, in the yeah. parking lot. It yeah. didn't work out so well cause they were doing 85 was being worked on. <laughs> so I had hauled, because this was after Thai pass, I had hauled a, a lot of things that he's in construct. He was in construction. So I have a lot of stuff at my house still, uh, dealing with the construction and I had hauled a bunch of that stuff here. And before the event, I had come back into church to ask Lynette, well, how many spaces can we have? Because I'm thinking, I'm going to load up my truck. I'm bringing, <laughs> I'm bringing it on. Um, and as I was getting to walk away, once I got my information, I was about to walk away. And she goes, just a minute. I have something to tell you. So I stopped. I'm going, hmm. And she, she's intuitive. She speaks to God directly. Directly, um, God speaks to her. And she said, what you're doing with Patriot Anglers, you need to keep doing it. It's a good thing. And I had kind of debated because Ty's passing. I had a lot going on. I was emotional. I was crazy. So um, that, was, that was one of the first, one of the things that she had said to me. And I, I am so grateful because they were there for me when my husband passed away. And they took care of me. They fed my family. They made sure that um, the, the colors were presented um, at his memorial service. Um, they've always looked after me, so that's where my heart is with them. I truly, truly appreciate everything that they do for us, again, as a nation. Um, gosh, what else was I going to say? I'm, I'm rambling. I, I, I'm sorry. I'm rambling. Um, <laughs> So I guess, yeah, I guess I touched all, on all the points that I had, had
had put in here. And why do I stay? Because of the guidance. I have never known the Bible like I have coming here. The, the word is just amazing. Um, now I turn to the Bible. And I look through the Bible when things are a little rough or, or I need some help or a friend needs some help. So that's where I turn. And, and as you said, yeah, you, you learn. I, I've never been anywhere. I was raised Catholic. So you just follow whatever the priest tells you you do, <laughs> including the priest that we could get off on a tangent and talk about fishing. <laughs> it's supposed to be catechism. It wasn't catechism. It was talking about fishing. <laughs> so... Fishing seems to be a theme throughout my life, apparently. Um, so that's, that's my story. That's how I came to be here. And, and I'm so grateful to um, be here. And I hope to maybe make more connections with women. Um, I do tend to be a little bit lean towards feeling more comfortable with the guys. I can swear like a sailor because I raised a sailor. <laughs> So bear with me if I swear I apologize ahead of time, but it does flow rather easy, unfortunately. <laughs> but thank you. Thank you so much for sharing. And I'm so glad that you came, and, you know, when Amy invited you, and that you came and, and you found some support that you needed, you know, through, through your time and through your grief. And I think I speak for everybody that, that if you do need anybody need grief support in any shape or form, one of us has probably walked it out. Absolutely. Absolutely. Pray with anybody. You know, that's, that's what we're here for. That's why we try to build this sisterhood and this network. Of yes. So. And, yes. And the first, the, I'm going to tell you, the first year is the roughest. Um, this year has been rough, only because it's been rough for everybody. But I, can I confess here that I actually, uh, last week, I was talking with some friends. We were talking about all that's going on. And I got really quiet, and they're like, are you okay? And I said, um, I hate, can I tell you, I actually was angry at my husband for leaving me. And the, those are the emotions that you're going to go through. And it's okay. You, there's no guilt there. I'm not feeling guilty about it. It is what it is. But, yes, um, if there's anybody that, that just wants to talk, we don't necessarily have to um, put our heads together in deep prayer some people don't feel comfortable about that, but um, also, FYI, the Grieving Center in Greeley was amazing. If you don't know about it, if you have family members that are struggling with a loss, let them know about it. It's a great place to go. But I'm yes, I'll open myself up that if you want to talk, I'm here. Did you girls flip the coin to decide who's going to next? All right, Lauren. My name is Lauren Dever. Um, I am married. I've been married for 10 years to a gentleman named Darren. And we have three kids. Um, we live in Keensburg, so I drive a long way. And I think that's important for me to tell you because I've been coming to this church for 16 years. Um, barn. I'm a barn girl, and I'm the small side of the barn girl. Um, but I hid for a lot of years. And I think my story... Um, is of breaking her shell. I, for a lot of years, lived like this. And you weren't allowed in my bubble. I would love you from here, but I wouldn't let you in. And that came from divorced parents. Um, I, I was raised <laughs> by a Catholic father 
I'm a Southern Baptist mother, so I affectionately tell people I was raised very confused. Um, <laughs> very. We didn't. Um, my grandmother is still, um, to the day she's 90, very involved in her Catholic church and really lives that through her grandchildren because her children all kind of revolted against her because of it. Um, and so we always had a really firm foundation knowing that there was a God, who God was, but we didn't go to church. So 16 years ago, I was dating my high school sweetheart, and we got invited to a vow renewal um, outside of the barn. And they said, it'll be Sunday after church. And at the time, we were like, well, what time is that? Like, do we have to go? Like, to know? <laughs> um, the gentleman I was dating who became my first husband um, was not a churchgoer in any sense the word, did not grow up in church. Honestly, I couldn't say to this day, did not know God. Um, but he really loved the idea of coming to Cowboy Church because he knew a lot of people. And so when it came time to actually show up for this vow renewal, he said, let's just go. Like, then we're not late. It's not awkward. Let's just go. So we went. And the very first person I met, well, I, know, I went to high school with Candace, so I had known who several of these people were from the rodeo world. But the very first person I met that I didn't know was a lady named Jody. And um, <laughs> I know. Um, I get emotional about Jody because she's been such a force in my life. Um, so we came, we went to the style renewal, and then it became this thing for my ex-husband that he wanted to come to church to like hang out with his friends and like see these people and be seen as like better to these people because he came to church, right? Like we all went to the bar on Saturday night and did some probably not so great things, but then we showed up to church, so it was totally fine, right? What you did after the bull riding all washed away because we showed up to church on Sunday. And we lived like that for quite a while. We got married um, at 19. I was 19. Um, and I was divorced by 20. Um, I left him when he hit me. Um, so, sorry, I tried really hard not to. But, um, so, and a lot of people told me, don't marry him. But I was so rejected from my parents' divorce that I just wanted somebody to love me. And I thought he did. And when he didn't, um, I left. And then it became this series of, that's why I started to love from here. Because when I let somebody in closer, I got hurt. Physically, emotionally, and mentally. And so I, um, I was a senior in college. And we had actively been coming to the church. I came... Tuesday nights and literally would leave here and go to the Sundance <laughs> because that's how broken I was. Like, and I was so afraid to really open up to anybody in the church beyond Jody and Jody um, and the Panteers. I don't know. I'm sure some of you guys know the Panteers. My ex-husband grew up with the Panteers kids. And so they were like second parents to me and they, Pat and Ken and Jody really forced me, like, please come. If, even if you're going to the bar to get drunk afterwards, like, show up. <laughs> show up on Tuesday, show up on Sunday, like, just keep showing up. And so I did. And um, right after I filed for divorce, my very first day of my senior year of college, I literally went to my first class and went to the courthouse and filed for a divorce. And um, that was a Monday, and I showed up Tuesday to go to church. And my best friend at the time said, hey, let's go, um, you know, let's go to the bar that night. And we went to the Sundance after I left here. And I, I literally said, I don't think I'm going to go back to church. 
for no other reason that myself was afraid to be vulnerable in this building. Well, the barn. But, um, and so I just, I kind of, I, I walked away. And a couple weeks later, my girlfriend said, hey, let's go to the bar. A friend of mine asked to go to the bar. And they want you to go because they need a sober driver. And I was not 21 yet. And so they were like, they need a sober driver. So I said, okay, like, that's fine. So I went over to this house. There was five guys living in this house. I didn't know any of them. Um, and I drove this set of guys to the bar. And um, one of the men that I met was named Darren. And he had just come off of a very bad breakup. Um, his college sweetheart broke up with him. I was still um, very broken. My divorce had like barely, like the ink was not dry. Um, and we went to the bar that night and we literally like sat in the corner with each other like miserable, <laughs> just sharing our misery. Um, and that it just built a friendship. And so over the next couple months, he would call, hey, do you want to hang out? And, you know, I'm, I'm kind of sad and not, my guys, my, the guys I live with are sick of hearing about it, right? Like, but we kind, that's what we kind of bonded over. And so um, I was still dealing with a domestic violence case in addition to my divorce. And he said, I had said to him one night, I can't, or I, we had a class together or something, and I had said something like, oh, I can't after class, I have to go to Greeley to the courthouse. And he knew, I mean, he knew that I had a domestic violence case that I was working through, and he said, I'm going to drive you. And I was like, no, it's fine, like, I totally got this. And he said, no, I'm going to drive you because I'm afraid for you. And I, like, it's the first time that we were going to see each other face to face. I had not seen him since he was arrested. And he said, I'm going to walk you straight up to the door. And he's like, no pressure, no anything, but I, want, I, I won't feel good not doing this for you. So he drove me to the courthouse and walked me to the door, met me at the door. And it was like, from that point forward, like, we never were separate. So um, we really, truly bonded over our brokenness. And I did it at that point, I was not coming to church frequently. Every once in a while, I would say, hey, I'm going to go. I'll meet you with a Sunday dance, or I'm going to go on Sunday. Um, you know, I'll meet you afterwards, or we can do homework or whatever afterwards. And um, he wouldn't come with me. And I think it was because he knew that the church was, my ex-husband and I had come to church together, and that was, you know, a place where I think he just was a little uncomfortable still being part of somewhere that I had been married. And... Um, Several, uh, two years went by and um, I got pregnant. And I remember saying to Jody, I'm never going back because I couldn't stand those women seeing me with two black eyes. I'm certainly not walking in there without a wedding ring and a big belly. Like, it's not happening. Mm -hmm. And Jody would call me every week and she's like, I'm gonna see you, right? Like, I'm gonna see you. And I was like, oh, no, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> Best of luck. Call me and tell me what Darren says. <laughs> and um, eventually, she was able to convince me to come. Um, my son was born. I graduated with my master's degree in May. My son was born in July. Um, and Darren and I didn't get married until January. So my son was six months old when we got married. And um, I was scared to be judged here. But I had, like, looking back, I had literally no basis to have that fear. But I was just so afraid of what everybody was going to think of me. Because I crammed a whole lot of mistakes into, like, a really short period of time. Like, <laughs> I got married, I got divorced, I got hit. Like, I, like, there was a whole lot of drinking, I got pregnant. You know, like, 
I was like, oh, like the building's gonna catch on fire. <laughs> Probably best for all of you if I didn't show up. <laughs> and um, so I had Dawson. I came a couple times while I was pregnant. Um, at the time, my husband was working for Magnus Land and Cattle, and he was their um, herdsman, and so he could never leave during calving season. Um, or that, that was the excuse we both gave each other. Like, And um, when my son was born, I came quite a bit. Jody called me um, one day and said, I don't really care what your excuse is going to be, and if you don't show up, I'm going to literally drive to Platteville and drag you by your hair. Like, you're coming. And I remember I met her, and I met her in the parking lot, and... Um, I was like not, I really was like, I got to the door and I was like, I'm not going in there. And she forced me. <laughs> if you know her, you know she forced me. Like she literally like drug me through the door, sat me down. Um, and it took a little bit of time, but eventually we started to come frequently, just me and my son. Um, and then my husband left the ranch and took a job in Kingsburg. And then the excuse I gave Jody was, oh, it's too far. <laughs> 55 minutes. I was a broke college kid. Like, I was 22 when my son was born. We were broke. Like, we shopped at Save a Lot, and if we could buy the, like, non-name brand Oreos, it was, like, a good mm-hmm. week. <laughs> um, and so when we moved to Keensburg, I kind of fell off the wagon again, right? Like, it wasn't coming because it was just too far. We honest, Honestly, I felt like we couldn't afford it. And um, as the years went on, my son started Awana at a local church. Um, a friend of his from preschool had invited him to go. Um, he was just barely four. And he came home one night and said, why don't we go to church on Sundays? And I said, well, I don't really have a good excuse for you. <laughs> um, and he said, can we go to church on Sunday at this church? And I said, sure, we can go. So my husband and I and my son went to this church. It's a great church. But I literally sat there and said, you're not Darren. <laughs> and it was like, mm, I mean, like, you could probably be a really great pastor and all, but you're not Darren. <laughs> and I felt bad for it, but it, honestly, I, like, I couldn't even hear, like, it was like Charlie Brown. It was like, wah, wah. like, I couldn't even hear the words coming out of his mouth because it wasn't, it just wasn't what I was used to for so long. Um, so I called Jody. <laughs> he said, do you think I can come back after all this time? And she was like, what are you doing? Like, really? That's the question. And I was like, do you think I can? And she was like, yes, you can come back. I'll meet you at the door on Sunday. Um, And so I asked my husband, I said, "Um, I know it's a long drive, but would you consider it at least one time? And he said, I guess if it's really that important to you. And I said, it is. So we drove here on Sunday. And this it's funny because I've told Lynette this and she laughs. Uh, I didn't know who was preaching. We showed up and it was Lynette. And um, Darren literally sat in this chair and was like, <laughs> because she was, it was one where she was, she cried, she screamed, like she, you know, it she was got all twangy when it she was, was fired up. She was passionate, and I just remember like looking at him, and he was like, oh my goodness. And he was raised in a Baptist church where women were not necessarily allowed to preach. Um, in fact, his grandmother was the first woman that ever preached out of the Baptist church in Platteville. And so he had seen it, but it just wasn't what he was used to. It wasn't, you know, what he was raised in. Um, and I will never forget, we got in the car, and, he, and I said, so what you think? And he was like, um, yeah, I, I don't think I can. <laughs> you can really tell he was like, 
trying to spare my feelings, and I said, next week's Darren. <laughs> give it one more shot. Like, give it one more shot. And all week, he was like, kind of like wounded. From it. <laughs> I was like, oh, like, yeah, he was kind of traumatized by her. I finally was able to convince him that Darren was not going to cry. <laughs> and that it would be okay. And so he gave it one more shot, and we left that big, the next week after Darren, and he said, we'll never stop coming. Um, so his, like, his thing is Darren. And he, to see um, somebody who obviously, my husband was raised in the church, but never um, in the time that I had known him was connected in the church, to see somebody, like, feel connected the way I felt connected, it was like, this is, this is home. Um, and over the years, obviously, there's been times where I'm like, gosh, the drive is really long. Maybe we should find a church closer. And every time I go somewhere else, I'm like, no, don't drive. Like, if it means I have to get up at 4.30 on Sunday morning, like, I can sleep out on Monday. Um, so when I came, though, we were back seat savers. Um, and that was my hiding mechanism. That was, lo- like, that was loving the church from here. Um, and then I went through a really rough spot. I... I graduated high school at 17, I had my master's at 22, I was like climbing the corporate ladder, I was gonna be a big shot. And um, I was pulling out of my daughter's uh, school parking lot, and I very clearly, now you have to remember, I have two little girls, and Frozen was a really big deal. (laughs) But I distinctly, I like, I can feel the moment. I pulled left, and I heard let go of what defines you, but it was kind of like in the let it go. (laughs) I'm not going to sing it for you, but like I can still to this day like hear it. And I was like, okay, fine, I'll quit PTO. (laughs) And I was like, that's not it. And I was like, okay, fine, so I'll quit this. At one time I sat on like 11 board of directors because of my job and um, I was an executive director of an organization and so I was just heavily involved in all this stuff and so I was like, okay, God, I'll let go of this. And he was like, that's not, that's not it, Lauren. And I knew it, but I was not about to give up my job. And then I finally said, I was like relentless. Like life just felt like every time I turned around, nothing that was happening, right? Like not major things, but just was like, why are, why is this so hard? Like why is life at 26 years old with three kids so hard? It shouldn't be this hard. Like my husband and I make good money and this is great, but... I finally was like, okay, I'm not listening to you. And so I quit my job out of blue. And on paper, we couldn't pay our bills if I quit my job. And I quit my job. And um, as soon as I did it, it was like this aha moment. It really was like, okay, like, thank you for finally listening to me. Um, And then it was like, here's your next assignment. (laughs) You have to be involved. You have to do something. You have to... Stop loving people from here. And I was like, well, I want to do that. God. Like, can't we just ride this boat just a little bit? And um, so uh, there were several opportunities that had kind of arisen where it was like, okay, we would love for somebody with this skill set to volunteer. And I was like, no. Mm-hmm. They've got it. Like, there's so many people in here. Like, we'll qualify people. And um, I will never forget the night that I don't remember if it was a women's night or just a Sunday, but Lynette was up here and she said, um, we desperately need women to volunteer for a rise. And um, I very, very much wanted 
to stand up. Like, I knew it, and I couldn't. And so I got in my car that night, and I drove home, and I was crying because I was so mad at myself. Like, I just want to be involved. I just want to belong. I just want to do this. I know that's what my skill set is. And so I got home, and I wrote this, like, super long email to Lynette that was like, I really want to be involved, but I'm just not sure I'm worthy. Like, I just don't know. Like, I have a lot of stuff. And I literally, like, I read it, and I walked away from my computer, and I went back, and I, like, I couldn't hit the send button. And I did. And then, as soon as I hit send, I was like, oh, crap. How do I get that back? <laughs> like, how fast can I get that back? And um, I couldn't get that back. Um, so I joined the Arise team about three years ago, and that was kind of like, the beginning of the end, right? <laughs> they will not let me But what I would say is that was the first experience of people forcing me to love in this room. Christy has been um, tremendous at kicking my walls into my face. So that, so that I'm loving this space. But, um, so through that, uh, I, have been, I have gotten to be very passionate about um, being a back row sitter. I was able to see people um, from a different light that you don't see when you sit closer, right? I was able to see the girl that was hiding in the corner crying. I was able to see the couple that um, you could very much see that, like, you know, she wanted and the guy was like, you know, you can see things. You can see what people are trying to mask for you. And I knew since I wore that mask, um, I became very passionate about breaking that, right? And so I have forced myself out of my comfort zone to live and to love those people who are hurting and broken but won't say it to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have learned that through Arise and through connections here and being vulnerable and introducing yourself to the person that you want to but are too afraid. Like, I just force myself, like, just say the words. And if they think you're an idiot, then walk away. Like, <laughs> you can overthink it later. Um, but that's what led me to here. And then... Um, I've always been, I was a really good student, and I really loved homework. <laughs> Amen. Okay, thank you, another one. So, so I love Bible study books, and um, I've done, I, gosh, countless, probably 50 Bible study books. I just, like, I dig them. I can't, like, I, a day doesn't go by that I don't do it. And people are always like, oh, you know, don't be that person that, like, checks it off the list just to do it. I am not. Like, I literally, I get up at, like, 4.30 because I just, like, I'm like, I just got to be in there. Like, you just have to complete the homework. <laughs> that even if you're not that homework-loving girl, um, the things I have learned through Bible study, both by myself and in group settings, is sometimes it's not necessarily the words you're writing on the paper, but the words that are being said to you at the table that really matter. So I I urge you to really contemplate doing it and um, begging your husband to watch the kids or finding the babysitter, whatever it takes to show up, because you will inevitably meet somebody that will help you. Will you, for for my own, will you remind us when? Do you know what night of the week? It's Monday nights from 6.30 to 8, starting February 1st. And we chose this study. Do I have time? Can I have time? Um, Okay, so this study is about healing. So it's about trauma, um, and that trauma can be anything, whether it's divorce or abuse or sexual abuse or, I mean, anything, right? All of us have a trauma, um, and my trauma is not any more than your trauma, right? Everybody experiences something, and it's about being able to look at yourself and figure that out and and then being able to help somebody else. Um, And so I, it's, the videos are short. 
the homework is not super intense. I purposely picked one that wasn't, you know, super, super time consuming. So um, I urge you, if you have any desire to have any sisterhood, it is very, um, even if you think like, oh, I've got everything together, like it really was eye-opening to see little things that I could do better um, to help other people. Thank you. I, it's been a long time since I've like actually sat and dedicated time to a Bible study, and I, I think I did every book study I was ever invited to for several years there, and I was just like, ah, enough, I'm over, I can't do anymore. So yeah, I'm gonna have to put that on my calendar. So Marilyn, by default, by default, I'm it. Okay. My name is Marilyn Bay Drake. Bay is my maiden name, actually, and. Um, we have been going to this church uh, since the spring of 2017, so about three and a half years. And immediately when we walked through the door, we felt welcome and a lot of enthusiasm, and there was good worship and very good teaching. But I have to admit that it's taken years to really feel like this is my home. And this is why it's not really the church, but... Um, I actually grew up in this community. Um, I grew up on a farm kind of near Galeton. My folks raised sheep and crops and hay. And uh, my mom and my grandma and I all graduated from this, not just Eaton High School, but the same building, which is now torn down. Tells you how old I am. But um, And I used to make a joke that I could only consider dating half the boys in the high school because I was um, related to the other half. But, <laughs> A little hyperbole, but not that much. So. so that's a little bit about. Um, but the process, I, the reason I think for me that I had, because I'm pretty outgoing and, you know, this is not my first time to go into a new setting. And um, But I had this big, I felt like a D on my forehead for divorce. And... Um, the home that I grew up in was very loving. I never had this, oh, you know, this, any question that God loved me. That was all, you know, that was good. I, I, I almost can err on the other side of getting a little bit um, passive about that, you know, that love. So that was never an issue for me. But one of the things that was marriages for life. And I had um, gone to a Christian college and met a man who was the perfect guy, right? F very acceptable for my family. And that was my mistake. And that I didn't really, I wasn't, you know, at 21, I wasn't really that tuned into the Holy Spirit and hearing him speak. Looking back, I can go, oh yeah, he was trying to say, no, not now or not this one or whatever. But, but I did enter that marriage and, um, Finally, about year 31, tells you how old I am, I said, um, you know what, this abuse, it was, for me, it never became physical because I made it very clear. It happened one time in the very beginning, and I was like, don't ever touch me again. And I think he knew, had he done that, it was, we'd be at the courthouse. And I don't know why it has to get physical before we say no, but that was kind of, for some reason, that was, and, and so I kind of lived in this lie of, oh, everything is fine, the good church girl, I was the goody two-shoes, and, but finally about, 
after three decades, I thought it was just, I was protecting my two girls and it was just me that it was hurting and I came to realize that was not the case. My daughter was really, my younger daughter was really affected by it. So I started a process and I just felt, when Christy shared last month and, and you about like pushing people out, I was kind of the opposite. I was really ugly. I'd rather actually have that because people was, how's it going? Oh, oh, you know, and I was just, I was a mess and like, I'll not ask again, move on. <laughs> so that, so, but anyway, and initially it was just like this huge relief away from the abuse. It was really nice. And then, and I actually filed for a legal separation, not a divorce. But um, <laughs> so he decided it would be a good idea to bring the latest girlfriend to church. And anyway, it was just this huge mess. And so I, I just felt like all this shame. And I don't, I really think that it was not even the the Christian people from the home church that I'd gone to here in Eaton. You know, I, I just felt like I don't want to go back there. You know, I'm just like oh, you know, this is ugly. I don't want to have people ask me questions and then have to explain myself and have to, you know, explain why I did this or maybe I shouldn't explain this or should I explain this or what should I say? Like, here, I don't know how much to talk. So I, um, but I, I just had this feeling of shame. I guess I'll just put it that way because I, and I don't think that, I think that, was, I know that was from the enemy. And even when I walked through the doors here, it was, I mean, it's harder when you're older, when you're a lot, you're a millennial and you've got kids and you can connect over things like that, or you're getting started in your career or things like that. When you're empty nester and, you know, most people have settled where they're going to stay and they've made their friends. So it was a little bit harder. And then I felt like I had this additional stamp brand on me of shame. And so it, it, I really appreciate um, being able to kind of settle in and be befriended by Amy Shields. And also um, Gina just left, but Gina and Chance Skelton, they invited us or opened up their home for Life Connect Group. And that was really great to be able to fellowship with them. And, and a a mix of ages and people from different stages of life. And so, it, you know, with time, I started to feel like, okay, this is my home. I can be comfortable. I can have these friends. And now I feel like, yeah, I've made these great friends, and it's really wonderful. And I guess the thing for me, um, I'm still... Mom, where'd she go? I'm still struggling a little bit with, you know, what is my spot? I thought I knew my calling and what, you know, God had called me to do. And what am I supposed to I, um I'm in a second marriage and moving back home, which was not in my game plan at all. God, you know, I had it planned here and kind of messed with this. So um, I'm still struggling, honestly, a little bit about, you know, what have you called me to do, Lord? What am I supposed to be doing? I'm not done here. I'm still, you know, you still got things for me to do. And I, my heart is kind of, and I'm glad that you said what you did, Lauren, because I'm kind of, um, I'm not like the push person away, push people away, but I have this, I had this thought when I first started coming to women's um, nights that, you know, I'm, I'm sitting on the outside here, and I, 
people are unfriendly. It's not that. Candace was very welcoming, very, you know, encouraging people to mix. And I think a lot of it was, again, that shame that I felt or whatever. But it just, and it also just takes time, I think, to make friends and to really find your place and to, to fit in. So on one hand, I guess I would encourage, if you're that person that is just coming here for the first time, encourage you to hang in there. Because I was kind of like, this is going to be my church. This is the church that my husband said, we're going to go here. So we're going to go here. And I like it. And so I'm just going to keep coming back. And I'm going to, you know, I'm going to find my niche. And I'm going to make friends. And I was really determined to do that. So I would like to encourage anyone that's kind of in that do I belong here question, you do belong here, and um, people are friendly, and we love you, and we want you to be part of us. On the other side, if you are already feeling comfortable, like I kind of am now, and yes, I like to come and sit with my friends, but I, I really want to look around and say, well, who, who, who needs to um, come and sit with me? You know, who, who can I reach out to? And I, I would just encourage each of you to think about that as well. So that's kind of some of the things that are going through my mind right now. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. And I couldn't agree more. Like, okay, so we mentioned Amy, we mentioned Jody. Like, I had four friends who invited me here. Like, thank goodness, thank you, God, for bossy, pushy friends that are persistent that don't give up on you. So um, if you're a bossy, pushy friend, <laughs> we need you and to push us and keep pushing our boundaries and our comfort zones. Keep inviting people. Keep bringing a friend, like you said. Invite somebody to come sit with you or just, you know, if you do see somebody in the back that just kind of looks like maybe just needs a smile, like be that light in their, in their day for sure. Um, invite them to women's night. Invite them if you're, you know, actively serving on a team and that is fulfilling for you, then share that with your girlfriends, whoever that may be, and just kind of bring people in that way, even if it just brings a little bit of light and a little bit of joy to their day. Um, so with that, I don't know. Can't, do you want to like, Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, whew. okay. Father God, we do. We thank you so much. We thank you for just your persistence after us, Lord, that you, you're always right there, no matter how far ahead of you that we get or how far behind or when we walk away, we turn away, Lord, that you are right there. It just takes one turn back to you. And God, that you're right here waiting for us. Whenever we need you and you pursue us, Lord, and bring us in. And we just thank you for every woman here. We thank you for um, every Bible study that will be read over with our big, beautiful coffee mugs, hot cocoa mugs that we got tonight, Lord. We just pray that those are a blessing to everyone. And we thank you for the hearts and the passions and the desires that you put on every woman here, Lord. I just pray that you would grow and nurture those things in each of us. And Lord, thank you for connections and friendships that are being formed and grown. It is hard to make friends when you have a whole whole lifetime, a whole history that you feel like you need to catch people up on before you can really bond and become friends. Lord, we just pray you would break down those walls and just bring sisters together that need one another. And 
we thank you and praise you for this time tonight. In Jesus' name, amen.